Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Rodgers going for it all, looking to bring it open. He's got it! Lazard! Gonna go! Touchdown! Rodgers snaps it quick, scrambles to his right, pumps and runs, and Rodgers is inside the pylon! Allen has time. Intercepted! Sauce Gardner's got it, breaking away, Garrett Wilson, Wilson a big play downfield, Allen tripped up, he could not get past Jermaine Johnson, oh look at the speed of Brees Hall, he's done it again, Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown, and he's sacked again by Quinton Williams, what a beast, number 95 for the Jets, listen, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And we've got some breaking news involving the New York Jets and HBO's Hard Knocks, plus a feud between a Jets legend and a guy who seems to be a little bit jealous. So to talk about everything, we've got our friend who is the editor over at JetNation.com and the co-host of Jet Nation Radio, Glenn Naughton. Glenn, what's up, brother? Hey, how we doing, man? Excited to, to hear this officially, officially official. Um, and, uh, you know, break it down a little bit and, and share our thoughts on the Jets being on Hard Knocks once again. We'd heard the rumors for a while that the Jets were going to wind up on Hard Knocks, despite the fact that they didn't want to be on it. Robert Sala made that very clear during one of the pressers at minicamp. However, the Jets ended up not having a choice because the only teams that were eligible were the Jets, the Commanders, the Saints, and the Bears. And the other teams didn't want to do it except the Commanders who seemed to be willing, but the problem is with the ownership change, they couldn't officially approve anything because they were going to have to go through the entire process. And so by the time everything would be official and they could approve it, it was going to be way past the time that you'd have hard knocks. So it came down to the Saints, the Bears, and the Jets. Saints and Bears didn't want to do it, neither did the Jets, but the Jets were the most compelling team of the three, especially considering what happened in the offseason with Aaron Rodgers and all of that, so they get selected. And for those that don't know how you get officially excluded from the show if you don't want to be on it, so they can't pick you no matter what, 
if you've been in the playoffs sometime in the last two years, if you have a first-year head coach, or if you've been on hard knocks within the last 10 years, you can refuse and there's nothing they can do about it. But if those three things don't apply to your team, then if they want to pick you because nobody else volunteers, they can go ahead and pick you. And so that's what happened here with the New York Jets. Glenn, before we get into the nitty gritty of it, your instant reaction to the Jets getting picked here makes total sense if you're HBO and Hard Knocks. If your choice is between the Jets, the Saints, and the Bears, the Saints are going to be really boring. I like Derek Carr. I think he's a really good quarterback, but I can't imagine that team is going to be all that compelling for Hard Knocks. And then you look at the Bears, that one might be okay, but the Jets just have so much meat on the bone with Aaron Rodgers coming into town and the high expectations around this team and the lively personalities on here, especially the head coach, Robert Sala. So it seems like a no-brainer if you're working for HBO and had to make this decision. Yeah, and you know, this is something we'll get into later, Scott, but don't forget how much the national media just loves the Jets. That was a factor, I'm sure, as well. Um, but yeah, listen, I can't remember if I first said it when the Rodgers trade became official or when it looked like it was really going to happen, but I, I said at some point, that the first time I heard the Jets mentioned as like, you know, the Jets are one of four teams that will be considered, I kind of said, if Rodgers comes, it's the Jets. Like it's it there will there won't be an easier decision for the league to make. You've added a Hall of Fame quarterback to a team that just had the offensive and defensive rookies of the year, have a a, a top two pick at quarterback just a couple years ago who's you know, fighting for his NFL life. There are just so many storylines. Robert Sala, you know, likable guy, whether he likes hard knocks or not. There were just, you know, so it wasn't, I, and I think it was Mike Florio who several weeks ago said this was going to happen. He kind of broke this three, four weeks ago and he ended up being right. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I kind of, once I knew the Jets were finalists and Rodgers was a possibility, I was 100% expecting this. Even if the Jets, did. I, you know, I do wonder, Scott, if the Jets fought it a little bit behind the scenes, because someone tweeted out a couple weeks ago or, you know, 10, 10 or so days ago that this is the latest that the Hard Knocks team has been announced, um, you know, in at least the last seven, eight years. Normally it's it's announced weeks before this. So I wondered if there was any pushback from the Jets that maybe held it up, but 100 percent expected it. And um, it is what it is. Like, just watch it and enjoy it. Right. Without a doubt, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Jets tried to push back on this behind the scenes. And as we said, Washington seemed like they were willing to do it, but in the end it was not to be because of the ownership change. I don't know if it would have been different with Daniel Snyder if he would have wanted to do it, and I don't know if new ownership would have wanted to push it through, but it's not a practical option. They weren't going to be able to do it because of the ownership change, and so it ended up being the Jets here. And like you said, despite their not wanting to do this, there's some good that can come from this. Remember, the last time the Jets were on Hard Knocks was 2010, and they ended up going to the AFC Championship game. Plus, they provided us with a whole lot of really fun moments. Who could forget all the stuff surrounding Darrell Revis and his holdout with the team going to meet him at the Roscoe Diner? We got the opportunity to see everything that went down there. We had Bart Scott making some funny comments, including telling the magician who was at the talent show that he needed to make Revis appear. <laughs> I thought that was one of the best better moments Rex Ryan telling everybody they needed to go get a goddamn snack after a fiery speech 
Jim Leonard walking into the cafeteria and getting his balls busted by Bart Scott, who was razzing him quite a bit. They were teammates in Baltimore and then teammates again with the Jets, so you could tell they had a friendly relationship there. Just getting a chance to see behind the curtain a little bit was fun. You get that with Flight 22, but obviously gets taken to another level with Hard Knocks because with Flight 22, Seth Bradley, the director who's been on the show, is very careful about what he puts out there because he's very sensitive and mindful to what could be damaging to the team. Not going to be the case with Hard Knocks. They're going to put out whatever they find that is interesting and whatever they think is going to make compelling TV. So if you're somebody that likes to look behind the curtain, this is the best way to look behind the curtain, warts and all. The last time you would have had this kind of access to the Jets is, believe it or not, not Hard Knocks in 2010. It would have been... A year or two later, when Nicholas Dowdov's book, Collision Low Crossers, came out, and he had an all-access pass to the 2011 season, and so you got way more detail than you got in 2010 when you just had the cameras rolling and you saw some stuff on camera. Nicholas Dowdoff basically had a working diary of an entire season of the Jets in 2011, and if you've never read the book, I can't recommend it highly enough. So this is the first time really since 2011 that you're going to get this kind of behind-the-scenes look at the Jets, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I believe it starts the first Tuesday in August and goes five weeks. So the thing that'll be interesting, Glenn, is that now we have some Something to talk about outside of just training camp with the Jets. We'll have the training camp reports and we can talk about that, but we can also do recaps of the Hard Knocks episodes and that'll be a lot of fun as well. Yeah, I'll tell you what, it's going to be, uh, that that's the one downside for me, uh, you know, the, the time frame of it. We, uh, we tend to take our little family vacation every year at the end of August, so I will be in, uh, in southern France with little to no computer access for a couple of weeks, so I will, I will have to get caught up when I return, so that's a little bit of a bummer, but I don't get, listen, I, I've, uh, I've seen a couple fans get upset about this. Like I understand from the perspective of like you want the team to get what the team wants. And I, you know, I did too. Like if the jets don't want them there, I don't want them there, but if they're going to be there, I'm going to watch that access. Like as a, as a, you know, as someone who takes on as much or takes in as much information about this team as possible year round, this is such a rare opportunity to see some behind the scenes stuff. They usually do a nice job of getting, getting some human interest stuff in there. You know, you get some of the undrafted, the, you know, the, the, the bottom of the roster guys who are fighting for a spot, you get some of the stories there and it kind of, they become fan favorites because of it. So I, I enjoy it. You know, every year that I've watched it, the Rex year was fantastic. Of course, that was the, you know, so many great moments and, and, that team went on to have a really good year. So maybe, maybe all of the panicking over this happening and the, and the, uh, the, you know, I know the news just broke, but really, as I said, you know, when Florio reported it weeks ago, ever since then, I've seen a lot of fans coming out against it and saying how terrible it is. Um, I don't think it's the end of the world. Um, and I, I wouldn't be able to understand not saying, well, look, whether I wanted it or not, I'm going to watch the thing because that's a behind the scenes. Look at my team. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Any Jets fan, regardless of whether or not they're happy about HBO selecting the Jets, is going to watch this. You'd have to be crazy not to want to see it if you're a Jets fan. doesn't matter how they arrived at this decision or how you feel about it. If the team that you root for is going to give you an all-access, behind-the-scenes pass for a couple of weeks on television, it's something you're going to want to see. So I'm really looking forward to it. I probably would have preferred if they weren't the team that got picked, but in the end, as you said, Glenn, I don't think it's going to matter one way or another. People make way too much out of this. As you've talked about here on the show, Mike Westhoff mentioned this a few weeks ago on a podcast. He said that when the cameras were there after a day or two, you just forgot all about it and went about your business. And he was one of the stars of the original Hard Knocks that the Jets were on. If you recall, he did a whole bit making fun of some of these guys that were trying to make the team that ultimately didn't. I believe it was Brashton Satelli. Kept telling him, get out of my face, leave me alone, and go open a pizza joint. You're not fit for the NFL or something like that. Westhoff always been one of the most colorful characters. And that leads me to a question for you, Glenn. Who do you think is going to be the biggest star of Hard Knocks? Back in 2010, you had Bart Scott was one of the biggest stars. You had Rex Ryan, that was an obvious one. Mike Westhoff was a huge star on Hard Knocks. And then you had the drama surrounding Darrell Revis. It's funny, I hope it doesn't happen, but as of this moment, you do have a contract situation with Quinn and Williams. It's not as dramatic as it was with Darrell Revis back in 2010, but maybe we get to see some behind-the-scenes stuff involving that as well, and you get a little bit of a what's old is new again type of situation with the contract drama that we saw with Revis now manifesting itself on camera with Quinn and Williams. But I think with this current team, as far as the guys that would be in the limelight, clearly Aaron Rodgers, he's not as fun a personality. He's not as boisterous as somebody like Bart Scott or Rex Ryan, but I think he's going to be one of the focal points, so I expect to see a lot of him. Sauce is a guy that certainly is a friendly personality, and it's not like he's shy, but he's not the same kind of big talker as somebody like Bart Scott, or if Jamal Adams was still here, somebody like him. Robert Sala, I think, will be in the limelight quite a bit. He's not the same kind of talker as Rex Ryan. He doesn't boast the same way, but he's got an outgoing personality, so I'm sure we'll see quite a bit of Robert Sala. I think Nathaniel Hackett may be an unexpected star of this show. He's a guy that's known for really owning the room. The players love him, and so I think he may come out of this becoming a very popular figure with Jets fans. As far as the rest of the players go, the weird thing is I can't think of a guy on this team who's really that type of outward talker the way that a Bart Scott was. There are guys that tweet 
Makai Becton certainly goes on social media quite a bit, but I don't recall him really giving speeches or saying anything particularly hilarious. Michael Clemens should be fun to watch here for different reasons. I just expect him to be very serious and his intimidating self and everybody will see what a badass he is every week. What do you think, Glenn? Who do you see as potential stars of this show? Well, I think, uh, you know, you make a good point because as you were, you were asking the question, I had that thought that there, you don't have a lot of really big talkers on this team, at least, you know, from what we've seen up to this point. I think guys who could probably have a little fun with the camera, guys with the personality for it, um, Michael Carter, uh, running back Michael Carter kind of jumps out at me. I think maybe John Franklin Myers a little bit. Quinton Williams, like fun-loving guy, but he's kind of like in that sauce mold. Like he's not a big talker. Like that's you know that's generally what they're looking for. They want that boisterous, loud, attention-seeking type of the Bart Scott type. You know, mm-hmm. you say there's not a guy on like the Jets roster like him. There's not many people on the planet like him. Um, <laughs> so they're they're probably lacking that guy. But I do like Michael Carter. I do like JFM. I think Ron Middleton. You know, if he gets if he gets hyped up out there, we'll see a little bit of him. Um, and just a real quick side note, Scott, as as you were talking this. Uh, this tweet just popped up from former Jets lineman Damian Woody regarding hard, knock, hard knocks. And uh, Woody says, for anyone saying hard knocks is a, quote, distraction for the Jets organization is nonsense. The people at NFL Films do a wonderful job of blending in behind the scenes. You trade for A-Rod, this is what you get. Embrace it and have fun because we damn sure did back in 2010. So there's another person who lived through it with this team, same production, same setup, and had no complaints just as Mike Westhoff didn't. So maybe Robert Sala's blown it a little bit out of proportion. I don't know. But he, you know, he's a guy you mentioned, like, he, he speaks so well, and, you know, he's, he's sort of – He's so much smoother than Rex Ryan. I don't know that, again, I, these the cameras always tend to want the, the big, boisterous, loud voices. I don't know that the Jets have a ton of those. Maybe some of these new coaches who have come in who we haven't seen a lot of, maybe they'll be guys that steal the show. But I think guys, you know, the guys that I mentioned, maybe C.J. Uzama, he's great in front of a camera. Again, not boisterous, but, you know, he, he's he kind of comes off as that guy that just – Really, that that sort of professional vibe can have a little bit of fun, but carries himself like a pro. Good locker room guy. So maybe we see a little bit of Uzama. And as I said, it's you know there's always going to be one or two, one or two guys that we've probably seen or heard nothing of because they're either undrafted guys or late round picks who maybe their personality will shine through a little bit. So that's that's kind of what makes it fun. Glenn, we talked about Darrell Revis before. And so even though he's not going to be in this season of Hard Knocks, he still found a way to make some news on what otherwise would have been a slow news week. Asante Samuel, the retired former cornerback who played the bulk of his career with the Patriots but also had some seasons with the Philadelphia Eagles, good player, decided that he was going to go off on Sauce Gardner for some reason. The players, the coaches, the front office people, and the scouts All were asked to vote on who the best players were at different positions. Sauce was number one. So Asante Samuel blamed the New York media for elevating Sauce. Sauce saw this and got annoyed and said it wasn't the New York media. It was the players, the coaches, the scouts, and the front office people that voted for this. And so then Asante Samuel went into a diatribe about how people don't value actual production and went on and on about how Sauce was being pumped up and hyped up by the New York media. He eventually got to Darrell Revis and talked about how Darrell Revis was overhyped as well. But I thought it was funny, and Sauce kind of trapped him here, Glenn. Sauce said, if I wasn't the best, who was? And Asante Samuel said, it's a year-to-year thing. But I'm going with Patrick Sertan 
as the best corner last year. Now, that's certainly a case that you could make. Patrick Sertan was awesome, and if you want to say that he was number one last year, I would absolutely be fine with you saying that. However, Sauce said, hey, you're talking about production. Now you let me know that you're just talking to talk because... I had the exact same number of interceptions as Patrick Sertan last year and had more tackles. So if you're looking at actual production, this doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And then Samuel went on to say that Tariq Woolen had a better rookie year than Sauce and production matters and people don't know what they're watching. So, of course, our friend Justin Freed decided to do some homework in honor of Asante Samuel's tweet. He said that Sauce was better than Tariq Woolen in catches allowed, yards allowed, catch percentage allowed, yards per reception, yards after the catch, forced incompletions, pass breakups, touchdowns allowed, passer rating against, missed tackle percentage, run stops, targets, and he had much fewer penalties. Tariq Woolen, in terms of production, only beat Sauce in interceptions, which of course shows that Asante Samuel just has a bee in his bonnet for some reason. And I think the reason is Darrell Rivas, because it appears that Asante Samuel is very jealous of Darrell Rivas, who he also tried to throw under the bus. And Darrell Rivas for a while didn't respond. And I thought maybe Rivas didn't see it or didn't care. Nope. It was because Darrell Rivas was flying. And then when he got off the plane, he came out firing. So here's what he had to say. Asante Samuel just landed. Here we go. SMH. I really don't know much about the guy. I was never inspired to watch his film, but something does jog my memory. I remember we played the Falcons and Rex Ryan made a highlight clip of Asante Samuel being double moved on almost every single route. I recall Rex saying to receivers in our weekly team meetings that the game plan, if you lined up against Samuel, was to double move him every time. So in practice, our receivers referred to him as the double move king. I never viewed him more than what was said about him in the scouting report. True story. So then Asante Samuel comes back and says he could have showed you you got beat on more double moves than I did. That's a fact. If you don't know, go look in the history books. I'm in there. What about you? So Revis comes back and says, try again, mother sucker. I'm a first ballot Hall of Famer. And then this kept going with the two of them, and it's continuing to the point where they're still chirping at each other as we speak. But I'm going to go through some of the highlights here. So at one point, Asante Samuel said, somebody put on the Colts film and show this fool what a legendary matchup looks like. Two real teams going head-to-head. So Revis then says, oh, so now we're switching it up. Instead of legendary cornerback and receiver matchups, we're talking about real teams. This can't be real life right now. Hope you had fun with this. I say let's get inside the ring. So Asante Samuel said, let's do it. Stay ready. Darrell Revis then said, cool beans. And at one point, Darrell Revis basically said that Ty Law was his peer, not Asante Samuel. Asante Samuel wasn't fit to lace Ty Law's boots, and he would never consider him on the same level. Asante Samuel at one point posted all the interceptions that he had gotten and an article talking about how he had a record fourth interception return for a touchdown against the Vikings. Darrell Revis said, of course you had more interceptions because quarterbacks weren't afraid to throw at you. It's hard to get interceptions when you're locking down receivers and the quarterback can't go to the receiver. Revis once again called him a mother sucker, said he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Scouting report on me was that the head coaches would tell the quarterbacks, don't throw my way. It hits different. Maybe you should write a letter to the Hall of Fame stating your case. I'm a Hall of Famer, you're not. And then at one point, somebody said there was beef between the two cornerbacks. Revis said, there's no beef. I'm a Hall of Famer. He's a nobody. That's just the facts. 
and they continued to go at it. There's one point where Revis even defended Sauce Gardner and wasn't even talking about himself. He said, stop being a hater when it comes to young rising stars at the position. Take your anger out on who you're truly mad at, the voters who never considered you a shutdown and will never put you in the Hall of Fame. So Asante Samuel said, you take it as hating. It's not that. I'm just trying to set standards and figure them out for the young fellas. It's all good. Congratulations. Have a bottle on me. Everybody will tell you this about me one day. And then Revis wrote back, I don't care about you. (laughs) So these guys certainly have made it very, very personal. It's clear that they do not like each other. And Asante Samuel is obviously incredibly jealous of Darrell Revis. How many times, Glenn, throughout the course of this conversation have we seen Asante Samuel complain about the New York media and how they apparently have the power to elevate people? The funny thing about it is Darrell Revis notoriously didn't like the New York media. I wouldn't exactly say they were light and fluffy with him. It's just that he was so good that everybody recognized it. The film was the film. We could all see it. The same thing happened with Sauce Gardner, and now Asante Samuel is clearly having flashbacks to Revis and his jealousy that he had because Samuel did get a lot of interceptions. That's 100% true. But remember, very different scheme that he was in. Revis would be left on an island, and he would be asked to lock down the team's opposing number one wide receiver. Asante Samuel was in cover two. He had a lot of safety help. And as Revis said, you knew how to beat him. It was the double move. If you double moved him, you could beat him. He did get beat a lot. He would gamble and it would pay off quite a bit. Very similar player to Trayvon Diggs. He'll force a lot of turnovers, but the flip side of that is he will get beat and he needed a lot of safety help. So clearly Asante Samuel, for those of us that watched, not in Darrell Revis's league, a very good corner, forced a lot of turnovers, but there was a lot of downsides with him. He was a terrible tackler too, by the way. Not that that's the number one thing you look at with a cornerback, but clearly this is Asante Samuel still harboring a grudge over all the attention and accolades that Darrell Revis got And he was trying to take it out on Sauce Gardner. I will say also, Glenn, Sauce Gardner, really, I was impressed with how he handled this. He never resorted to insults with Asante Samuel. He never went off on the way that Asante Samuel played the game. He was never disrespectful. He did respond in kind and defend himself. But I thought overall, this was a very non-Jamal Adams way to deal with this. He wasn't overly emotional, start lashing out or anything like that. Revis, on the other hand, went completely scorched earth. And the two of them have been going back and forth ever since. But I think this is really what it is, is Asante Samuel all these years later, still jealous of Revis, and now he thinks that Sauce is getting the same quote-unquote preferential New York media treatment that Darrell Revis got, and it's bothering him. The funny thing about it is, of course, that it's not just the New York media. It's pro football focus. It's all the hardcore football watchers. It's all the guys that are scouts and coaches and people in the front office and the other players in the league. These are the guys that voted on this, which was the point that Sauce made in the first place. So on a very slow news week, we get hard knocks and we get what appears to be the potential lead up to a boxing match between Darrell Revis and Asante Samuel as Darrell Revis sits only weeks away from being inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame. And Asante Samuel, sorry to say, will never sniff the NFL Hall of Fame. That's just the reality of it. Yeah, so this this caught my my eye obviously last night. So I did a quick video on it uh, for JetNation.com. And funny, I, I I started by saying, you know, basically this is a quote that I heard many years ago that I that I've always liked, and it said that the price of success is to bear the criticism of envy. 
and that's basically what it is. Like, if you are a high performer, I guarantee you there's a million corners who are jealous of what Asante Samuel accomplished. But Asante Samuel clearly far more jealous of Darrell Revis and what he managed to do in his career from an individual standpoint. You know, they're in, they're in different classes. Like, there's a reason why one is a first ballot Hall of Famer and the other one is Asante Samuel. It, Revis was just the far better player. And I don't know, you know, I, I said years ago about social media when it was first catching on. I said, you know, one of the one of the great things about social media is that you you get to find out people th- that some people are absolutely insane that you otherwise would have had no idea were insane. So, like, as far as I knew, Asante Samuel was a normal guy. But I see the way he's tweeting right now and saying, like, I actually just retweeted something he sent out. He's like, he sent out a video of himself getting an interception against the Jets. And, he, you know, he, he says in the tweet, here's what you call shutting down one side of the field. And it's an interception against the Jets. And there's literally three other Patriots defenders in the area when he gets the interception. <laughs> I'm like, no, like shutting down that side of the field, what Revis used to do was when you put Revis on one side and everybody else on the other side. Because Revis shut down that side of the field. Deion Sanders used to shut down his side of the field. If you're telling me that you and three other defenders in a 15-yard radius are sh- – and you're the one shutting down that side of the field, like you're crazy. You're, you're trying to take all the credit for the work that you and the other three defenders are doing. It's just bizarre. I'm like, wow, this guy is – you know, at first I was like always a little bit jealous. But now I see this stuff, you know, uh, the, the tweets like that. And, like, he just put himself in Dion's class a little while. You know, he sent out another tweet like, oh, look at me. Look at Dion. Look at, you know, Daryl Green. Look at Rod Woodson and compare the stats. Well, of course, like, guys, listen, Otis Smith, former Jet, that dude mm-hmm. used to get a ton of picks. Mm-hmm. Do you know why? Because he used to get smoked in coverage all the time. So he got a ton of opportunities. You look at Revis's last couple years with the Jets, and his INTs and PBUs were way down because teams just stopped throwing that way. He just he was that good. And, you know, to, for for an NFL corner to pretend he doesn't realize that the greats don't get challenged. Like I, I, I almost want to go back and watch that that famous Megatron game where Revis shut him down. I want to say Megatron was targeted on a deep ball early on, and I don't think he was targeted again the rest of the day. Like he didn't just shut you down with your you know, how many yards you put up. You didn't even see the football like the opposing quarterback might say, like, okay, let's see how good this guy really is. Let's let's test him once or twice. And they wouldn't be able to do anything, and that would be the end of it. He wouldn't see the ball the rest of the day. Um, and most people understand this. Asante Sam and let's listen, one guy played with Mark Sanchez and Chad Pennington, the other guy played with Tom Brady. Like, how often did Asante Samuel get to sit back in zone coverage with a twenty five point lead, just waiting for the quarterback to read his eyes and jump and jump around? I mean, you know, all these things come into play. And as you said, there's a and his Revis, the point Revis is making, the Hall of Fame voters know. And you know, and I'm not saying they get it right all the time. And listen, Asante Samuel, fifty one picks, like he's not a bad player. He might be like a fringe sort of, you know, one of those guys that sneaks into the hall one year. I doubt it, but he might. But clearly, by Revis being the first ballot guy, and Samuel, I don't know when he was first eligible or, you know, when he will be eligible, but he won't be a first ballot guy. And so he, he's kind of looking at this as he's jealous of Revis. Revis is the far better player. It's not even close. And this is something he'll never be able to take away from Revis. Like, he's got his stats, which he can say, look, I had more picks. So as someone who never watched the game doesn't realize why. And, you know, at least you can convince those people. But anyone who says, well, why was he a first ballot and you weren't? Like, you'll never be able to change that. In the minds of the people who know the game, you'll always be the inferior player. And that's what he is. And also, perhaps, a little crazy.
Sure seems that way. By the way, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson got in on this at one point, talking oh, yeah. about how Tariq Woolen was better than Sauce. And so he and Sauce went back and forth a little bit. And DJ Reed jumped in there and was defending Sauce. And it was funny because at one point, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson said something like, oh, yeah, well, if he's so good, which great receivers was he even going up against? And then everybody, of course, was <laughs> listing all the awesome receivers that Sauce had reps against and targets against and who he did a very good job against, including guys like Justin Jefferson, Amari Cooper, Deontay Johnson, Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs. So it's just strange to me, Glenn, how these cornerbacks seem to be so insecure. I thought it was funny when Darius Slay said corners are the only position where guys don't do camps together because you see this all the time. Receivers do camps together. Quarterbacks do camps together. And Darius Slay said it's because we're all so jealous of each other that we'd end up killing each other within the first week. So for whatever reason, corners are especially envious and drink the haterade, which is clearly what Asante Samuel was doing, and to a lesser extent, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Just a strange happening on Twitter. I think this is just what happens when there's not much going on, people get bored, and one or two people pop off and then everybody just feels the need to jump in because they got nothing else to do. Training camp hasn't started yet. And so this ended up being the activity for the day. Yeah, it, it, this is really I say it every year. We all say it. This is the absolute worst time of the year. Free agency's done. Draft is done. OTAs are done. And you're just waiting for actual football. And then Asante Samuel wakes up one day and decides he's going to, you know, share some of his thoughts, which are hilariously wrong. And it gives you something to talk about. But at the end of the day, we all just want some damn football. And uh, it can't get here soon enough. But it, it is – listen, I, I saw the, the tweets you were talking about, you know, with Darius Slay saying that, you know, we're, we're, we'd go after each other if we had a camp, which is really – it's a shame. Like you look at like what, what Kelsey is doing with the tight ends and you look at all these other camps, the team, like these guys could get better working together. And I think they did a spaces last night, like sauce Reed and slay. And I think, uh, I the other guy jumped in, but then he left when people were criticizing him. Um, but yeah. And, and that was something I meant to touch on too, Scott, that I said last night when I did the video and you mentioned it, like hats off to sauce Gardner. Like he really is. And, and you know, what I said yesterday was, you know, coaches always throw out compliments and nice things about their players, and sometimes you just kind of take it with a grain of salt. But you really do see, and if you watch that Sauce, Sauce Gardner documentary on YouTube, you really get it when, when Robert Sala says, Sauce is an old soul. Like, and he really – he is so mature beyond his years that it's, it's refreshing to see, and you hope that that's something that sort of, you know, that pays off down the road. He really is a, a, a young kid with a, with a grown man mentality. And I, I love to see it. I love that he responded and he did it without being over emotional and, you know, kind of going off the off the rails. And that that as I'm reading it, I'm like, this guy's something else. Like, here's some random dude he's never met before, who's uh, you know, just, and just as Revis has done something that that you know no one will ever be able to take away from him, um, you know, that Asante Samuel will never be able to top. Now you have Sauce being the first DB to win, you know, Defensive Rookie of the Year, All-Pro, first in, what, 40 years or whatever it is. Like, that's something Asante Samuel never achieved and never will be able to. So, granted, it's only year one, but, you know, out of the, out of the starting blocks, it looks like Sauce Gardner is going to be the far superior corner to Asante Samuel. So he didn't like watching Revis outperform him for so long, and now he's going to watch Sauce Gardner if, you know, if, you know, 
keep, you know, you, you pray to the football gods, stay healthy and keep ascending. He'll be far better than Asante Samuel ever was. So it's, it bothers him and he's got to find a reason. So his reason is the media, which, yeah, as we know, the media just loves the New York Jets. Nothing but <laughs> Jets love for the past 15, 20 years. So, um, yeah, a little bit bonkers, a little bit of a weird guy, but great. Just so refreshing to see Sauce, you know, carry himself the way he does. Without a doubt, it's refreshing to see a young man carry himself the way that Sauce does. It's funny. I've often said that Sauce Gardner is basically just a shy video game nerd who happens to be an elite football player. Very different than what we're used to seeing with a superstar in pro sports these days and certainly at the cornerback position where, as Darius Slay said, these guys tend to be very, very jealous and very, very chirpy. Glenn Naughton, the editor of JetNation.com, thanks so much for coming on and talking about the breaking news of Hard Knocks and this feud that came out of nowhere between Darrell Revis and Asante Samuel with me. Really appreciate it. For those that want to check out everything you've got going on over at Jet Nation, how can they do that? Yeah, uh, check us out. Check out our forums, JetNation.com, most active independent Jets message board on the web. No, uh, no, no limit to how many posts you can read or how many things you can say. Regularly hit a million posts a month. You can check me out on Twitter at JNRadio underscore Glenn. And uh, check out my partner Dylan Terriman at DTerriman. And uh, Chris Schubert from the Draft Network who joins us on Thursday nights on our live shows. Make sure you check out everything Glenn's doing over at JetNation.com. And be sure to check out everything we've got going on over at PlayLikeAJet.com and the PlayLikeAJet YouTube channel. We've got some awesome All-22 breakdowns on our channel. So make sure that you check them out and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash PlayLikeAJet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes If you haven't done that already Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money But it goes a long way to help us out So if you could go ahead and do that for us, be quite grateful And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content You know where to go That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.